the last couple of times that I've had the privilege to stand before you, and it is a privilege. I don't expect you to work hard all week, get up early in the morning on Sunday morning, get dressed and come to this church and just to come to hear me. And I mean that. You come for God to touch your life. But I hope that we can do well with you being here today. And the last couple of times I've spoken, I've talked about the, talked about the symbols of the Holy Spirit. First of all, we started out with the rain. I know it's a beautiful way to understand the Holy Spirit because he refreshes us. He blesses us, that, that holy rain that comes down. And then second of all, I talked about a river. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. That river being, of course, powerful. That river, my friend, bringing, as I brought out in Ezekiel, the great harvest. But this morning, I want to take a moment to look at another symbol of the Holy Spirit, and it is the wind. It's a great sermon. Not because I prepared it. If you don't have an outline, please raise your hand and let them bring you one. It is well outlined. You can remember, remember a whole lot more of what you read than what you hear. But let's read, if you will, John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If you look at that deeper, born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus answered most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is uh, born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is a uh, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel, Jesus said to Nicodemus, that I said to you, you must be born again. Now here you go. The wind blows where it wishes, blows where it wants to. And you hear the sound of, the, of it. You cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So it's everyone who is born of the Spirit of God. Look at the introduction very briefly. Jesus uses a metaphor of wind in John chapter 3 in explaining the new birth. As we look at the parallel between the wind and the Holy Spirit, we understand in a better way the workings of the Holy Spirit. We have several things here, but the wind is like the Holy Spirit. First of all, wind is invisible. 
The spirit and the wind have much in common. They are both invisible. Wind is air in motion, and I love this sentence. And certainly the spirit is God in motion. Wind is air in motion. The spirit certainly is God in motion. Like the wind, his influence, I'm speaking of the spirit of God, is seen and felt by his effects. And they both, as I said, are invisible. Second of all, the wind is powerful. I don't think I have to explain that to anyone. Last Friday, my wife and I were going home down uh, Coal Mill Road, and as we drove, it looked like those big, strong, majestic oak trees was going to blow over in the street. I mean, they that wind was whipping them and whipping them. You could see how powerful, how powerful the wind is. The wind is able to lift up millions, millions of tons of water into the atmosphere. I want that to sink in. I want us to grasp that. What brings all of that rain? How does it get there? What happens? The cycle that goes on. The wind draws that water up. Then it forms a cloud. And then it releases it. It releases it. Back on the earth. There's rain. There's sleet. There's snow. There's millions of gallons. That's how powerful Certainly, the wind is. Most of us remember the 37th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, how that he was challenged by God to go out into a valley, a valley of dry bones. Many, many, just a whole valley full of dry bones. God asked Ezekiel, said, you think these bones can live? Thou knowest, Lord, I, I don't. You see those Bleached bones scattered across that valley. Disconnected from its parts. And God says to Ezekiel, with these bones, can these bones live again? Thou knowest. And then he said something, God said something to Ezekiel, very unusual. He said, speak to these bones. Now, if someone is standing around and they're listening and here this man is standing on the top of a mountain and he's looking over these dry bones and he begins to speak to the bones, you say, hmm, I don't know about this man speaking to dry bones. But he did. He spoke. He prophesied. Bone came the bone. They begin to make all of that noise and coming together. And this great army stood up bone to bone all over that valley. But the Bible says there was no life in them. There's no life. 
How many of you know this morning without the life of the Spirit of God, we're dead? An individual that doesn't have the Spirit is dead in, in sin. A church that does not have the moving of the powerful Spirit of God is dead. A community, a home, a nation, we need the Spirit God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel prophesied to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. And all of a sudden, the wind, the wind began to stir. It started blowing. And all of a sudden, all of those dead people, started breathing. And the Bible says they became a living soul. I'm here to tell you this morning what the church needs in these last days is the moving of the Spirit and the power of God. Can you say amen? amen. Let us pray that the Holy Spirit would blow and give us a clean spiritual atmosphere. Isn't that what we really need? I know I need that in my life. I know the churches need that. We become stale and stagnant. We need the wind, the moving of the Holy Spirit just to start blowing. And what does it produce? It produces life. God and made man. He made Adam. But there was no breath. And the Bible says that God Almighty breathed in him the breath of life. My friend, that word breathe is the same as the spirit. All three words, breathe or breath, wind, and it brings forth life. And that's what happened to these valleys, this valley of dry bones. Not only is the wind invisible, not only, my friend, is it power, not powerful or powerful, the wind is inexplainable. You can't explain it. Jesus probably asked Nicodemus, Nicodemus, does the wind, where does the wind come from? What if I ask you that tomorrow? What if I ask you that? Tomorrow? Where does it come from? Where does it come? What's, what's happening? We, we see the effects of it. We can't see it. Nicodemus, whether the wind, Jesus is telling Nicodemus, and this is one of the best statements I make in the whole sermon. Jesus is telling Nicodemus that he did not need to understand the wind to profit from it. I don't need to understand electricity to profit from it. I don't need to understand the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to profit from it. And a lot of people fail to receive from God because they don't understand. And they're trying to figure it out here. You can't figure God out here. He moves and you accept it and you move with him. 
That's a good place to say amen. You move with them. I believe it's important that we move with him. There is a story that's found over in 1 Chronicles chapter 14 and verse 15. It says, and it shall be when thou shalt hear a sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt go out to battle, for God is gone forth before you to smite the host of the Philistines. Follow me, the great story. Great story. Most of us know that David became king. First of all, first of all, over Judah. Then second of all, over Israel, all of Israel. And the Bible says when the Philistines, they were the enemies of the Jews. The Bible says that when the Philistines knew that David had been made king over all Israel, they set out to attack. They wanted to destroy what God was trying or was establishing. And David went to pray. Listen, when the enemy attacks you, go to pray. Start praying. Get on your knees. Don't start scratching your head or calling. It's okay to call someone, but make sure you get in touch with God. Get in touch with God. David said, shall we go up to fight? God said, yes, for I have delivered them into your hand. I love that. Doesn't matter what battle you're fighting, you better, you better stay in touch with God. Keep communication open to God and say, God, am I to do this? Am I to do that? Am I to go here? God says to David, go up, for I have delivered the Philistines in your hand. He went up and fought them and beat the stuffings out of them. David went on about his business, but it wasn't long. The Bible says that they gathered more soldiers. The Philistines. They gathered more soldiers and said, we're going to fight again. Listen, if you think you've beat the devil and that's it forever, it ain't going to happen. He's going to come back and come back and come back. But how, how many of you know he's a liar? He's already a defeated foe. And so when the Philistines came back the second time, David said, God, shall I go up? He said, nope. I don't want you to go up after the Philistines. I want you to circle around the Philistines. And you get right in front of the mulberry trees. And you stay there until you hear the rustling in the mulberry trees. Don't you dare move until the wind of the Spirit starts rustling those trees. But when you hear the rustling in the mulberry trees, you'll know that I'm going to go fight for you. And sometimes that's our problem, church. Sometimes we, we fail to wait till God says move. We fail to wait. <laughs> Until the Spirit of God begins to move in your life. Move in your home. 
We can mess up in the home unless we wait to hear the voice of God and move when God says move. Speak when God says speak. We can do the same thing in the church. If we move ahead of God, if we try to do things in the flesh, that of the flesh is flesh, that of the spirit is spirit. God wants to move, but he wants to move in his time. So David and the soldiers waited. And all of a sudden, the leaves in the top of the mulberry trees, they begin to sway back and forth. David probably punched one of his captains and said, hey, that's God. That's our sign. That right there means that God, Jehovah God, is going to be with us. And they went out and fought the Philistines, and again, they beat the stuffings out of them. I like that. When you go, when David, when, when God says go, he'll go with you. When you go, when God says go, he'll give you the victory. Say amen. The wind goes where it wishes. The Holy Spirit is sovereign. He will not be controlled. We cannot dictate the wind, nor can we the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians says in 12th verse chapter 11, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, the gifts of the Spirit he's talking about, distributing to each one individually as he wills. That's what the church needs to do today. We need to pray that the Holy Spirit, that's why we sing, to usher in. You know, we get so caught up in the natural and we have to prepare our hearts. That's the reason we go to the prayer room and spend time in prayer and then come and sing. And God is misogynous. God is preparing us. He's getting into our lives and we begin to know this is a spiritual thing. It is not a carnal thing. It is not a natural thing. It is not a fleshly thing. It is a thing that the Holy Spirit begins to move and lives are changed. God's sovereign. He won't be dictated. The important thing is that we move when he moves. When you hear the rustling in the mulberry trees, you know the move of God. We used to sing a song like that. The move of God is on. The move is on. The results can be seen and felt. You know, I, I like this. I love the moving of the Spirit and the wind. You know, I, I, I sat there at the, uh, in the parking lot and uh, Sister Carol got out of the car. It was hot. But that wind, I opened the door and all of a sudden, that wind began to blow in that car. Ooh, did that feel good. Have you ever felt the presence, the glory of God as he whispered to you as he moved in and you say thank you God for the refreshing move of the Holy Spirit. In other words he can be a rushing mighty wind. Look at Acts chapter 2 
verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as, a, as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all, say all, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, the wind of the Holy Ghost ushered in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what he wants to do with churches today. Don't you want a Pentecostal experience from God? When the wind blows, I love this, it makes its presence fail, whether it's a soft blowing wind or a hard blowing wind. So it is with the Holy Spirit when he stirs the church or an individual or a community, there is always evidence of his working. Can you say amen? Let me tell you something. When God moves, he changes lives. Don't you like to see lives changed? I've seen alcoholics change. My, the first pastor of this church Drink. I don't know that your dad was an alcoholic. I don't think he was, but he drank. God changed him. He became a powerful man of God. I love to see people change. Among the local taverns, there'd be a slack in business called Jesse's Drinking King before the grocers and the rent. Among the local women, there'll be a slack in cheating. Because Jesse won't be stepping out again. They baptized Jesse Taylor in Cedar Creek last Sunday. Jesus gained a soul and Satan lost a good right arm. They all cried hallelujah when Jesse's head went under. Because this time it went under for the Lord. The scars on Jesse's knuckles were more than just respected. The county courthouse record tell all there was to tell. The pockets of the gamblers will soon miss Jesse's money, and the black eye of the law will soon be well. They baptized Jesse Taylor in Cedar Creek last Sunday. Satan lost a soul, and God gained a good right arm. They all cried hallelujah when Jesse's head went under. Because this time he went under for the Lord. Aren't you glad to see people change? Jesse was a changed man. Listen to the last verse. From now on, Nancy Taylor can proudly speak to neighbors. Tell them how much Jesse, how much Jesse took up with little Jim. Now Jimmy's got a daddy. And Jesse's got a new family. And Franklin County's got a lot more man. They baptized Jesse Taylor. Why? Because he was changed. God wants to change lives, and it will happen. In closing, if you look at the bottom of your sheet, I'm going to talk to you just a little bit. 
lot of people don't understand this. And I have under there understanding John chapter 3 and verse 5. Jesus said, except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. There's a lot of speculation over that water. Not the spirit. Everybody understands he's talking about the spirit. But what is he talking about when he says of the water? Now there are people that believe that the natural birth. When man was naturally born. I'm not too sure about that. And then there are those that believe that that word water means water baptism. I don't think so. I don't think it's, to, it's, it's when a man is born again or when he is baptized in water. Look at what it says. Born of water does not mean natural birth nor does it mean water baptism. But the understanding here is being born again by the word of God. Look at Ephesians, would you? Chapter 5, verse 26, Paul says that he might sanctify and cleanse her. What? The church. Sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. Now to me, that explains it, but I got one more from Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Having been born again out of not of corruption, corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. That's what I think it is. That we are saved. Listen at me. I'm closing. Are you going to, who's coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? Who, who am I going to? Joy? Come on, Joy. You got some good songs. I know you have. Come on. Come on, Denny. You guys, listen, listen, born of water and of spirit. Every one of us that knows anything about a relationship with Jesus Christ, all of us knows what it means to be born again. And we're born again when we are convicted by the spirit of God. And the word of God speaks to our lives and changes us. Jesus is telling this member of the Sanhedrin tribe, leader, rich man, wealthy. He's telling Nicodemus that came to him by night. Nicodemus, it's not hard to understand. You got to be born of the water, God's word, God's holy word. And you got to be born of the Spirit. This morning, if you're in this place and you've neither accepted Jesus Christ because of this word and because of the word of God that you've heard over the years, or you've not accepted him and allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to you, then I want you to think about it. As we sing this song, let it be a blessing to you and let it minister unto you.